button number one, record button number two, and the intro. Hey, pass me a beer. Look, at least promise me you won't drink. Alcohol always leads to trouble. Hey, who wants to play drink the beer? Right here. <laughs> you win. All right, what do I win? Another beer. Just have a cup of coffee. Bear it is. Coffee? Beer. I'd kill for a beer. <gasps> Cheap beer and a sympathetic ear. Step right up. Chad? All right, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I love doing that to him. Go ahead. Uh, am, I, am I always doing the intro? It's, it's just, it's a crapshoot, man. <laughs> it's how I feel when me. I hit the button. I believe it's been to me every single time this year so far. Nope. Good. Anyway, welcome everybody to another episode of Beer and Hops podcast. I'm Chad up in the uh, Beer and Hops North studio in uh, Milwaukee <laughs> so and Beer and Hops South. We have on the north side of Chicago, Adam and Jakey. How are you guys doing tonight? We're just sitting here trying not to suck. I think we're, I think we're sucking. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Do a better job. Yeah, I know. Our uh, special guest tonight is Mike Zoller or Zoller 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 from PorchDrinking.com, yep. a uh, regional a regional editor for PorchDrinking.com, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. The Midwest editor for PorchDrinking. Midwest editor. How Very you doing, nice. Mike? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on tonight, guys. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. I go. I know before Chad yells at us. We have to do what everybody's drinking, otherwise he gets his undies all in a bunch. So, I'm not wearing undies tonight, but as usual. Hey, Chad, uh, what are you drinking? <laughs> I see you got a visor I'm going tonight. See- <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm rocking the visor because I had, my hair was annoying me. I didn't want to put a hat on. It was. Ugh, I guarantee he's. This spent, is this he's, is what are we? What are we? A woman's show here? Come on, he's spent an hour here. getting that look ready. He just probably is. <laughs> hey, Chad, what are you drinking? Let's get back. I am drinking a Southern Tier uh, Sap Squatch. This is a Barrel House series. Uh, Barley wine, uh, brewed with uh, local maple syrup, aged in oak bourbon barrels. Boyben, mm. that's a thirteen point seven sessionable right there. Hey, uh, Jake, what are what are what are you and I drinking? I don't know. You got the can. Something oh, from Topland Goliath that I picked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, we are drinking Hop Smack, a double IPA from Topland Goliath. Double IPA. So I don't know. Every time I see uh, something I haven't had from Topland Goliath, I just usually pick it up. There's some like floaties in this thing, man. Yeah, it's got a little uh, little sediment in there going, sediment. but I like it though. It's, it's nice. It's Tasty. got a real juicy sort of, you know, orange juice consistency going on. Right. Yeah, it's good. It's got alcohol, right? Uh, let's see. I don't know what the ABV is. Oh boy, I didn't look. Well, while he searches for that, yeah, Mike, what are you <laughs> drinking? Searching. Yeah, I got um, Hop Skip from Brickstone Brewery, double pale ale, seven point seven five percent. Really nice. It's one of their flagship year-round. Uh, great brewery, about an hour south of the city. Well, that, I think I've had that one. Yeah, that is a good one. It's been around forever. I mean, it's, it's right up there with their APA. So obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the APA has been their go-to beer for since they've opened it. Well, I think 2006. I was just out there on Sunday, and yeah, I mean, Hop Skip and APA are their, what they're probably known for best. Yeah, definitely. That's a good one. Maybe we should call them too. <laughs> Seven point eight ABV. And it's, it's too late now. Nobody cares. For whatever it matters, like, who cares? As a hundred IBUs, but I don't know if we want to get into that. So, uh, that's up there. We've already talked about this. I, you guys talked about it when you were at uh, Lakefront. We did. Yep. I nice heard. plug. Good plug. Yeah. Thanks. I, I like to plug stuff. Yeah. 
You like the plug stuff? No, sh- move on, Chad. Move on, Chad. Start this thing. No, wait. Uh, oh, we got to do that show later. Okay. Yeah, that's the after show. <laughs> uh, well, well. anyway, welcome to the show, Mike. <laughs> this, this is already just a clusterfuck. Hey. What, <laughs> what is... Uh, are, well, are you're in the. Are you in the Chicago area? I am. Yeah, I'm in downtown Chicago. What's up with the weather at Wrigley tonight? <laughs> before we start the show. Um, yeah, we can talk about that. It was 85 degrees about two hours ago, and now it's in the 50s, and there is a ton of fog. Yeah. So I really can't describe it. I mean, it's very different. But yeah, it's happened before. It's just the Chicago weather. It's strange. That uh, Lake Michigan effect. Going to turn into the fog bowl, the bear fog bowl? They talked about that on the radio. I bet I they did, yeah. Listening to them while I was in the shower a little while ago, and they were talking about the bear's fog bowl and how this could turn into a Cubs, uh, what, I don't know what they call it. They came up with some clever name that I can't remember, and I'm not clever enough to remember it. <laughs> Great story. You know, it's like we live in Seattle now or something. I mean, th- this rain has just been insane. Yeah, it's been rough. Whole, this whole month, I guess May, all of May was awful. Yeah, exactly. They said May was the most rainfall Chicago land ever received, at least on record in the month of May. So, yeah, a lot of rain, quite wet, weird. Well, anyway, um, we're here to talk about porchdrinking.com, which is where uh, Mike is the uh, Midwest contributor editor. Um, what is porchdrinking.com? <laughs> yeah, so. We are a beer blog, craft beer blog that has been around now like eight or nine years. So been doing it for quite some time. Started with a group of us who all went to Miami of Ohio together. We were journalism students. And the guy who founded it, his name is Tristan Chan. He moved out to Denver where craft beer obviously was growing quite a bit. Sent a bunch of us a Facebook message one day saying, hey, you know, we all were writers at one point. I'm out here in Denver. Craft beer is becoming a thing. Who wants to cover craft beer? I raised my hand, and that's pretty much where it's been ever since. I mean, it, it, the industry obviously has grown tremendously since we started. You know, back when I first was writing, I think there was maybe six or seven breweries in Chicago, and now there's 70-plus, so just a bit bigger. A little bit, yeah. And w- when was that? Yeah. When did it start? Oh, God, well, this is 2019, so we must have started like 2011. I, I was oh. trying to find my very first article I ever wrote, and I, I think it goes like 2011, 2012. So. Now, are you embarrassed by that article compared to what you write now, or are you still happy with it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got it. Well, I wouldn't say I've gotten better. I just, I probably understand beer a little bit more. Sure. You know, back then, you just, you know, like, okay, this beer is good. This beer is bad. <laughs> and obviously, I've learned a whole lot more about beer, and I've done a lot more research on it, and, I know a lot more about the process, but even still, it's it's hard to describe beer because at the end of the day, I mean, there's only so many adjectives you can use to describe a hazy IPA. Right. And it's also so personal because that as we've done on this show, when we're all drinking one beer, we don't always taste the same things, you know, and, you know, right. Chad might like something, which is weird because he has a horrible taste, but, and I don't like oh, it. Oh, come on now. <laughs> but I don't like it. So it's, it's you know, it's. It's such a personal thing. When I say I like this beer, it doesn't mean anybody else is going to like it. So, um, Yeah, I mean, beer, it, it, it's all subjective. Exactly. And that's why beer reviews that have ratings are just pointless. That's why we pretty much have stopped doing that now. Okay. We, yeah. <laughs> that's what we, we used to do. That was our show completely. And this, this year we've turned to just interviewing uh, 
beer journalists, beer writers, brewers, all that type of stuff. So. And on on Friday morning beer review that I do solo, look at that I, self plug right there. Look at him. I stopped yes. doing. Water. Well, of course I'm going to plug it. Why wouldn't I plug? <laughs> well, do it. I, while you're there, plug your other YouTube channel. While you're there. Gee, oh, oh, Wisco Boater. There you, you go. Mean, okay, the, the, my boating channel. I'm okay. sure you hit it all. Yeah. Jeez, you dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Friday morning beer review. Yeah, I stopped doing the uh, the untapped scale. I still check in beers and use an untapped yep. rating, obviously, because I want to know in the future where they're checked in. But it's it's it is pointless to do a, a a beer review on YouTube and give it a rating because it doesn't mean anything to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I would. I'd much rather know about the beer, some interesting facts behind the beer, if there's a better story behind the beer. That's what I look for when someone is talking about one. And, you know, I write beer showcases and I never give a rating. It's like I always, I always contact the brewery and try to learn something about the beer that nobody else would know or, there's a, you know, there's some kind of interesting fact about it. And there usually is something. Like beer has something behind it. And, and that's what I like to find out and share in my stories. Yeah, craft beer is big on the story, right? That's why a lot of people like craft beer. There's usually a story behind the beer, the brewery, whatever it is. So, no, Porsche drinking – what is your guys' main focus? Is it just covering the beer industry? Is it promoting craft beer? Like, what is your guys? If somebody's like, why would I go to that website? <laughs> what, yeah, what would you tell uh, that's a good question. It, it's it's everything, right? Um, we do news stories, we do features, we do showcases, which maybe are the same thing as features. Um, we have um, there's a cooking with beer section. There's all kinds of stuff. So. You know, there's a lot of opinion pieces. There's news. And again, it's it's a highlight. It's, it's all about beer, yeah. And all kinds of different stories. You know, we have writers all over the country. We have over a hundred writers right now. And so, whether you know you're in Chicago, Denver, or maybe a smaller market, we have coverage there, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. There's there is a lot of content on here, Mike. Oh yeah, there's I'm a lot impressed there. with how much content's pumped out here. Um, and I was going to ask, how yeah. many writers has it grown to today? And it, it sounds like what you're saying is it's easily 100 <laughs> yeah, we're, plus. We're over, yeah, we're over 100. I don't know how many to be specific. But I would say on a normal day, we have anywhere from three to five articles going out of them. Looking out today, looks like we put out five. Yesterday, we put out three. So, you know, it, it does definitely ebb and flow based on the season. You know, come barrel-age season, I feel like I'm writing nothing but barrel-age pieces. and It's like six or seven a month. Mm. But... Um, you know, now, right now, we're kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, Wait a second, there's of, a barrel age season. Oh, stop it! Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Did I miss some heaven? Uh, previous he just, he is uh, he'll drink barrel age beer year round, and he just it offends him when oh, you say course. there's a barrel. I mean, it's June right now. I'm drinking one, so yeah, I know. I had one yesterday. Yeah. See? Yeah. No, they're, they're definitely good year round, but I would say when they start to be released and right. massive. No, I know. I get what you're saying. I just, yeah. He's just yeah. being a dick. Is what he is. He's I'm just, but to be, you know, even <laughs> fair, I mean, people release barrel aged beers in the summer. You yeah. know, you have off color releasing um, dinosaurs with barrel aged dinosaurs. We released that probably a couple months ago now, but, um, you know, it probably starts with, I don't know, what was the first one? I think Revolution was probably one of the first ones in 2018. Uh, with their first of four releases, then Goose, then Half Acre, and everybody just gets it on it. Yeah, every, everybody jumps in on, on the barrel age stuff. Now, you have over 100 writers now, you'd say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, when you started, how, how many did you have? Was it just a handful of you guys doing it? 
What was just yeah, when we started, I would say six to eight. Wow. Six to eight writers, yeah. And how fast did Sounds about right. How fast did it grow before you had to get to start bringing on people? Um, you know, it, it took a while. We probably lucked out because at the time there weren't a lot of beer blogs, right? I mean, today there's probably a million beer blogs and, and, and whatnot. Um, but even still, it took us a while. You know, people always think, you know, you start a beer blog, you get free beer and free beer events, and that's not how it goes. You know, it was probably a couple of years at least before we actually started getting invited to things and samples are coming our way. So, you know, it, it takes a while. It's a lot of hard work and, you know, everyone, you know, wants to start a beer blog and it's like one person and they say, okay, I'm going to write once a week. And they start writing once a week for four weeks. Then they're like, well, every other week, then once a month. Cause it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, really keep up that much content. And, you know, you kind of called it out. I, I really don't look at our, our homepage very often. I'm just like looking at the article that come out on social, but to have this much content, you have to have a team of writers that, that are dedicated to doing it. Because if you don't have content, it kind of, your blog doesn't exist anymore, right? You have to have something for people to read. And, you know, it's a testament to our team that we're all really dedicated to craft. And this is all a side hobby for everybody. And we're pretty, we're very consistent <laughs> Monday through Friday. Yeah. Hold on. I there go your dogs. Go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is all a hobby for everybody? I mean, or, so is this like a side job for people? Or do you mean this is something they... This is uh, this is all just a side a side hobby for everybody. This is no one's full time job. Oh really? Wow, um, I didn't know everyone, that. Yeah, everyone else has full time jobs. Um, yeah, and oh. it's uh, labor of love. Well, that's awesome, Mike. I really like how the articles uh, when you go to the website uh, they tell you as a reader as a viewer what the average reading time of the articles is. Um, I'd be curious if when you guys instituted that, if if that increased people's willingness to to click and read because my guess is maybe you're having more success with the social media and the videos or the pictures or the instagrams as opposed to people sort of classically reading articles um and then i'd also say i'm a little worried because it's taken me a lot longer than the average reading time so i don't know if that's something i should look into or... <laughs> that's more that more that's says a really more good you. question <laughs> i've i've seen that before and i honestly I don't know. I think it's just time on the page. Like if you find, if you look at one of them, one of them has an average read time of 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That means somebody got to the page and then went away for like an hour because that's our beer beat in Denver. So that for me to see that has a 10 minute uh, average time, or reading time is significantly higher than any of our stories. I would take all those numbers with a grain of salt. Or, or do people in Denver just read really slow? Maybe I read really slow. Well, you do read I do really love the sure getting all the beer beat. I do love the our our story page, and I have to ask, um, who who is the author behind the our story post porch drink? Do you because that is just hilarious. I, I, there's so many parts. I think probably my favorite part is uh, <laughs> and perform what could only be described as the polar opposite of a Creed slash Nickelback mashup. <laughs> <laughs> but there is many parts of this, this paragraph that just cracked me up. And I, I love the, uh, the culture. I love like sort of who I visualize behind the scenes. Um, who, who's the author behind that? I, I don't know hundred percent sure, but if I had to guess, it would be Tristan, our founder. Um, Mainly because in the paragraph above it, he talks about Kentucky basketball, and Tristan is a huge Kentucky basketball fan. <laughs> so my thought has to be this is Tristan's doing. Um, again, I haven't been on this page in <laughs> a long time. Um, 
The other thing I love here is under your ethics statement, you state that uh, we will gladly accept free or discount samples, uh, but then you say we will guarantee no positive endorsement or review (laughs) of said products. All reviews and articles are the express written opinion of the site's individual writers. So I I like how you just throw that out there. They're like, you, you know, you're not working for anybody. Nobody's bought you. You're not. You're not uh, sneaking in top ten lists or, or or you know sneaking in promos for, you know some sort of mothership that runs you. Um, it's good stuff. <laughs> not that there's any sites no, no, out there no. like that. <laughs> no, no, there's no site. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's it's frustrating, right? When you see someone who loves every single beer they drink, and it's like, yeah, you're given free beer, but you don't have to like it. Now, if you don't like something, you can explain why you don't like it. Sure. But you don't have to bash the beer, right? There are right. definitely beers out there that I've had that I'm not a fan of, but people love. Great example is Bourbon County Northwoods. You know, I explain exactly why I don't like that beer. It's one that I always fall on. It's, I always fall back to this saying, using that as an example, because some people absolutely love it. It's your favorite Bourbon County variant of all time. And for me, it's one of my least favorite. But I explain why I don't like it. And I always say, hey, if, if it's not for me, it might be for you. Here are the flavors I got. You got and you tried and we can have a conversation about it and people have taken me up on it and we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. I may have missed it in the five seconds that I let a dog out, but um, is there a staff at, at PorscheDrinking.com? I mean, is it a, did you guys already ask this? No, go ahead. Is there um, I mean, like a brick yeah, and mortar yeah, location? Yeah, like, no, there, there's no brick and mortar. No. So we, we do have a staff, but this is, again, this is uh, not a full-time job for anybody. And I heard so, that you know, part. Have, I just wasn't sure if there was a yeah, an or you know, like an org chart or something. <laughs> you know, there like, is. Yeah, yeah. No, there's 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 definitely an org chart. You know, if you go to our staff page, you can see um, this has a really high average reading time for some reason. But you can kind of <laughs> see our national editors, our founder Tristan's up there, and then yeah, we just kind of you know, it's funny because like there's some people who've been here since the beginning. We've rotated people in and out. It, it it's kind of crazy to see how big our staff is and. You can sit here and count every single person on this page. I'm not going to do that, but we're definitely over 100 now. They just kind of scroll through here. It's pretty crazy. I love some of these pictures that people went with. The stoic guy with the yeah. like the pipe, Corey. That's great. Oh yeah, Corey's great. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, a lot of us are out in Denver. A lot of us, if you look through there. Um, you know, Denver has a really big um, kind of grouping there. But Chicago, we have, I think, I want to say like 8 to 11 people. That's what I know for sure. But 8 to 11 writers here in the city of Chicago and then some in the burbs as well. So, Mike, what's it like for you keeping up in the beer scene? Are you part of, like, beer clubs? Are you meeting with people weekly, monthly? Are you connecting with other people that are on the staff that are in the Chicago area? Or yeah, is it yeah. so just all, you out all, experiencing? All, all the above. Yeah, all, all the, I think I said all the above. All the above. Um, you know, I'm probably doing weekly meetings with breweries, brewer, you know, whoever wants to have us out. There's always events. That's the thing of being in Chicago is there's no shortage of beer events. So I actually, one of the nice things about having a staff now is I don't have to go to everything. Mm-hmm. And there's so much out there. You know, I kind of, um, you know, I have a wife and a puppy and, uh, I could probably find a beer event every day if I really wanted to, but we have plenty of writers who are talented and can go out there and cover festivals and news and, and whatnot. And so, but you know, there's, there's lots to drink out there. So I'm always busy. Do you have any favorite annuals that you always try to make sure you're available for? Like, is there any events that like that's, that's just, I gotta go. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's, there's three events that I, I never miss. Um, one being Fobab, obviously in November, 
Um, Bug is the second one. And I say I never miss this one. even It's only happened one time, but I will make sure I'm always there. And that's uh, Half Acres Far and Away Festival. Those three are probably my go-tos um, that I absolutely love doing. I think Microphone Festival the last two years has been great. Uh, it's for a great cause, but obviously the brewery lineup that he brings is incredible. So, you know, there's those are probably three or four that I tr- make sure I'm always at. But then there's so many little festivals throughout the summer. You know, Lou Dog events puts on some great events that our other writers will go to. There's the ones at the Field Museum, which are very cool. So plenty of drinking opportunities. Do you have, is there a uh, an annual sort of meeting of minds somewhere for everybody connected with porch drinking? Do you guys have uh, so, some get-togethers, Denver or somewhere else? Yes. Yeah, so you see Great American Beer Festival. We'll sure. all, as many people who can get out there will we'll go there. So I actually haven't been there in a few years. Um, just scheduling has not worked. I'm hoping to get out there this year. But I would say Great American Beer Festival is when we have the largest gathering of porch drinking writers in one place. Mm-hmm. Now, so what? What's your? What is your day job then? If you're, uh, if everything's volunteer, what is your day job uh, when you're not writing about beer? Yeah, so I'm actually a sales manager for a company called Sprout Social. Okay. We are social media managed software, and it's an awesome place to work. Um, you know, the ability to have work life balance has been great, and it's why I'm able to do this on the side. But obviously, first. First and foremost, um, priority is going to be Sprout Social. Yeah, got to got to support the family. So, did you have like yeah, that exactly. that conversation and when you were getting uh, married <laughs> that you were like, by the way, I do kind of have two jobs? <laughs> uh, no, but you know, at Sprout, we're uh, it's a fun software company, so we actually have a craft beer like group, and so I'm able to bring some some fun stuff to the group sometimes when I get pre-release beers and and rare beers. So. Um, I feel like it's a, it's a good addition to the club to have me at Sprout. So <laughs> nothing else. That's why I'm there. Nice. So I'm I'm looking through the uh, the staff our staff page here, and mm-hmm. I don't know what the ratio is, but you have an awesome ratio of women writers, which we do is is really cool in the craft beer scene because it's. I mean, it's we've a lot talked of, a lot of guys with beards. Yeah, as we've talked about a little bit in the past, it's always, <laughs> it seems like it's a lot Craft of guys beer. with beards. Guys with beards, yeah. And flannel. And who would ever I, do like a show with beards and? I don't beer. even talk about beard. Yeah, I don't know. It's a loser. But you've got a really excellent balance here. It might even be more than fifty percent as I'm scrolling through here. I don't know, but um, that's awesome that you've got so many contributors uh, that are women and and. Um, you know, given that, uh, that side of that opinion of that, that side of craft beer. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm just going through our, our staff page with you guys as you guys do it too. Uh, we do. And here in Chicago, we have three women writers, which is great. Um, it's just great to have a, a, a nice balance and women, are, you know, they know beer too. There's, there's no reason it has to be yeah, a I think it's awesome. And, yeah. There's no reason it has to be a man's world. Um, they're very knowledgeable. The, I have I've brought on a couple of new uh, you know, writers in the last six months. They're doing great. They love going to the events. They love talking about the beer. They know the beer. Yeah, male, female, doesn't matter. If you, know, if you want to talk and write about beer, we're here for you. Are you That's getting awesome. applications all the time? Or like this porch drinking, do, do people just reach out? What's the process for sort of you know, joining the cause? 
Yeah. So when people reach out, uh, I think somewhere on our website or in our weekly newsletter, um, you can kind of uh, reach out to us if you're interested in writing. And then it's done by region. So we have uh, national content editors who kind of vet that whole process. And they'll, you know, we get like a, we do a writing sample and you don't have to be a professional writer to write for porch drinking, right? It's, as long as you can string some sentences together and you know basic English, you know, we like to, to start there. And, Dude, we got, we got and, a new gig, guys. Um, <laughs> we, can, we can all put sentences together. No. Well, some of us can. <laughs> but yeah, so as long as, as long as, you're, as, long as you're able to do that, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm there to work with our writers if there's, you know, anything that we need to just, you know, tweak here and there and kind of explain our style guide and, and whatnot. But, you know, it's very low-key. It's very chill. But yeah, I mean, we're always looking for new writers because um, you can never have too many in craft beer. There's a new brewery every day. I feel like we need a new writer every day. Do you guys uh, do you publish guest editorial, or is it all is it always someone that's on the uh, the editorial staff? Uh, case by case. Okay. We, we, I know we have done some before, um, but yeah, usually Tristan and our national content editors will, will make that call. But we're always open to interesting story ideas. Now you, you just said, you know, there's always a brewery opening every day, which it, it seems like there's always, you know, a new brewery popping up everywhere. It's kind of hard to keep up with. But in the, in the time you've been doing this, what what would you say has been the biggest uh, change in craft beer since uh, what 2011? Did you say when you started? 2011. Yeah. Yeah. 2011. We'll say I think it's about eight years. That sounds about right. Um, I'm going to try and find my first article now. I'm pretty sure it's a Two Brothers piece that I did. Um, let's see, biggest change. I mean, obviously the styles of beer, right? I mean, the, the, the easy answer there is that hazy beer is now in. Um, I can tell you that my very first onsite was at two brothers and they have a centrifuge and they were bragging about how this makes the beer as clear as possible. And you could see right through it. And there was, you know, back then that's what you wanted, right? You wanted clear IPAs that were hoppy and bitter <laughs> And today, if you get an IPA, it's clear. People might be, you know, what the hell is wrong with this beer? Yeah. Isn't that but funny? That, that's, right. <laughs> it's crazy to think about. Um, I'm actually going to try if I can find that. Because I actually have a picture of the centrifuge. I was like, this is, they were so proud of it. And they still have it today, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, just, um, um, just last week, we were at Lakefront Brewery in, yeah, I was in Milwaukee. Um, and we did an interview with uh, Russ Klish, the, the owner. And mm-hmm. after, after we stopped... Doing the podcast, we he gave us a, a tour and he, he showed us their centrifuge. And the one thing he said, he said, you know, it, it's funny because I'll get shit from people who bought my IPA and they think it's too hazy, and then I'll get shit from people who bought my hazy and and think it's too clear. <laughs> think it's too clear, <laughs> you know. And he's like, either way I go, it's a lose lose depending <laughs> on which which beer you just bought from me. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think. I think I think also just in general the biggest change has been the tap rooms, right? Tap rooms have just been uh, blowing up lately and people are, you know, it's one thing to have your own, your, your own brewery and you could, you know, maybe just, you know, self-distribute whatnot, but now everyone has a tap room and, you know, that's, that's a big thing is all these hyper local breweries. And I think that's kind of where this industry is going to go is you can't, everyone can't distribute. It's not going to work because the beer will just sit on the shelf and it's not going to give people the best experience. So I could honestly see us going into a place where you only distribute out of the brewery, out of the tap room, um, because you know we have breweries coming to the Chicagoland market, and they get in here, and everyone's really excited about them for about two weeks, 
and then they just sit on a shelf. And it's great beer, but the hype is gone once you can easily get it. And how much can the distributors handle? Well, I mean, that's going to be a low ceiling, too, though, if you're looking at starting a new business, right? I mean, how yeah. much can your customers carry out? Yeah, but if it's the same it's the same kind yeah. of strategy as, like, a Walgreens or a McDonald's. But a Walgreens is a franchise with a shitload right, of Right, but you're, you're on this corner, so you know you're going to attract X amount of people from within that certain walking distance, especially when we're well, talking about, like, a yeah. city of Chicago. And I'm kind of reminded of uh, the last two, actually, the last both of uh, the last two breweries we've been to for podcasts have said the same thing when we've talked about um, distributing like out of state and where can you get the beer. And they're saying that, you know, we while we can, we could potentially do it. it, it the state will say, no, why would we why would we distribute your beer in right. our state when we've got plenty of other breweries that are doing something similar and we got to support the locals all right they so already have distributorship i think is going to probably start to decline and they're going to business models are going to be based more on on local drive markets it just seems to me yeah, it decreases absolutely. your ability for your you know to grow exponentially which is sort of the uh you know staple of how we've all grown up learning business should be i'm not sure i like this one yeah just shut up and drink it hang on what would you switch to um the god Damn, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, um, <laughs> this is recommended to me well, very heavily. Is this the sour? Kick, whoever said that, kick him in the nuts. Uh, this is Crane Brewery's Tea Weiss, which, okay, first I'm shocked. I like it. It's sour. You you picked a 4.5% beer. What is wrong with you? Well, we're going to the <laughs> Tim Plus next. Oh, God. Um, Jake, your piss is higher ABV than that. Come <laughs> on. And that's on a regular basis when you had not been drinking. trying to do something different, um, something funky. <laughs> Trying to go down to Funk Town. This the, well, you picked yeah. the right one because this thing smells funky. Yeah, well, it says it, never mind. Yeah, exactly. All right, back to the conversation. My fault. Chad, go ahead. <laughs> you caught me mid, mid sip there when you said Chad, go ahead. I tried to. No, I kind of I kind of wrapped up my thought with with the um, the the local drive market being, you know, probably a, a future business model. Uh, for a lot of a lot of breweries, whether the new or just adapting to a new standard, because you know seventy five hundred breweries in the United States, and it's probably going to continue to keep growing. And I, was it? Um, well, uh, do we count these as breweries? These tap rooms would just carry out. I mean, do we still count? That if as you're brewing your own beer, you're a brewery. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> well, well else would you? But I mean, it's interesting <laughs> coming in with like a business plan. Like, I'm, we're not really going to try to you know break into any main distributors. Well, I mean, there could be these people who their goal is not to get huge as hell. Uge? Uge. They don't care about getting uge. They just want to make beer Must and be have Democrat. fun with the people. So I get it. Yeah. And it, and it keeps your cost down because you don't have to worry about buying more equipment because you're growing so big. As long as yeah, you I think we also think, too, it, it, it's been proven out that if you make good beer, people will come to you. Sure. Right. That's another. We, also, we also can't support we also can't support seven thousand hype breweries, right? That's never gonna happen. Right. So we also need those local neighborhood breweries that make solid beer that you're not gonna go line up for, but you know you can go there and get a really good beer anytime. And I think that's something that we need to focus on as well. Mike, everybody how, knows your name. How much room do you think there is? I think last we saw there was seventy five hundred. Seventy five hundred. That was the Brewers Association number two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, there's there's still room. They're they're still opening up. I don't think there's more room for distribution. I mean, I walk into a, to a Binnie's or a Julie's, you know, our, our liquor store, right. and I just stand there 
for sure. an hour. Yeah. But then I, <laughs> but then I ultimately revert back to one of the five breweries that I know. Yeah. yeah. And I walk out with a half acre daisy cutter because it's delicious and it's simple and it's what I want. But some of those beers have to be sitting on there for way too long, especially as we go into this hazy, you know, you want to do self distribution or you want to do distribution out of your brewery because you have control. Yeah. You give it over to, you get over to a grocery store. That thing could sit for months. And I've seen even in, even in beer stores that craft beer stores that are really, really good with their craft. Um, I saw an IPA. I was there on Friday night. I saw an APA, uh, an IPA from December. Mm. And so, I mean, I, I'm always date checking. I think anyone who's buying craft beer needs to be date checking. If you're not putting dates on your cans or bottles, that's a huge, I, I won't buy your beer. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, if there's no date, I typically will pass over it. Absolutely. Yeah, if it's nothing I'm not familiar with. It exactly. sucks. Yeah. It sucks because sure. I, I am still that loser that likes to, you know, scan stuff. So sometimes I'll, I'll scan them. I'll be like, ooh, it's over a four. And I'll be like, oh, shit. It's like two years old and it's a 7%, you know, IPA. Like, well, that's too bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't, sit, you can't let them sit that long. No. No, 90 days, 120 at the most maybe. Nine. Yeah. Nine, n- 90 days for an IPA and honestly for a hazy IPA, 45 to 60. Yeah. Uh, Unless it's 120 minute from Dogfish, which is not really an <laughs> that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? What's... I will say that I will say that when I was at Brickstone on Sunday, we actually opened up a hazy IPA that was canned in October. Tasted great. Ooh. So maybe it's how, maybe it's how you store it. Uh, the brewer, um, you know, we're we're drinking with Alex, who's our brew pub brewer, and he opened this up. He said, "Try this." I drank it. Like, seems good. It wasn't as hazy and juicy as maybe a fresh one, but it had great character or great hot character and, and great, you know, notes. So I was like, all right, when? And he goes, October. It's like, okay. On so, the opposite end of the spectrum, Adam and I were at a uh, beer store that we like locally called Beer Bazaar. And we we're just there randomly checking out what they had. And Mars, who does their own delivery, shows up <laughs> yeah. with a, uh, it was like a triple I can't which one it is. IPA, yeah. triple something, uh, Citra, 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 That's I think it was. was. Yeah. It, Love that beer. It's it great was, beer. It was like canned that morning. Yeah, like, the, the guy. The date's on there. The guy said. Yeah, this is just canned. Got to grab it right off the line and drove it up. And the owner was there that day, uh, <laughs> and he cracked open a couple right there, poured <laughs> them into some drinks. We started drinking it right there, and we were like, this is fucking delicious. <laughs> yeah. I, ca- I think I came home with like at least two four backs. <laughs> yeah, I think I had it that. I think I was down at your your guys's place that weekend. I had like a three day old. Um, citrus, citrus. Yeah, it wasn't any good by then, Chad. Yeah, we gave you the old bad. stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, if three days is old, I'll take it. But yeah, I mean, but Mike, you're got, right. Mike, when you've got like super hyper local distribution like that, you can get those super fresh beers. Yeah, that is yeah. that is amazing. But it's funny that but, you, the, but those super fresh beers world. probably won't be at your grocery store because they're going to cycle through their product. Oh, like yeah, they're no, gonna, no, get, absolutely. They're going to get fresh beer and let those sit for a couple of weeks. So you have yep. to get it from the brewery or from a beer store that knows what they're doing. So do you think that's the the next kind of bigger obstacle or hurdle for, for craft beer is going to be the distribution side as well as shelf space? I mean, I, I think shelf space today is, is a huge problem. Um Distribution, definitely. You know, I've talked to some breweries have actually who have gone from using a distributor to going back to self-distribution because they wanted more control over their beer. Um, it keeps your margin, obviously, better. You make more money when you do self-distribution. It's a little more work. But, you know, if you have a beer people want, you can get it out to the places you want to go to. And you can actually make better relationships with these beer stores and 
you know, you can kind of create a brand for yourself. Think about Hot Butcher, right? Yeah. They self-distribute, uh, self-distribute and they go to the places that, you know, they have a good relationship with. People will go get their beer and, you know, it works for them. And they've become incredibly popular here in the city. That's now, what's exactly the, what Anello at Central Waters was talking about when we were there. Yeah. Yep. What's the legalities behind self-distribution? Is there? I, I, I won't. Distance? Yeah, there, there are there are limits. You you can only have so many barrels before you have to do it. That's and I, what I that was. was a law a few years ago because I know I was talking with Pipeworks about it back in the day. I won't come off as the expert in, in the in the legality of all that, but there is a point where you can no longer self distribute in Illinois. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think you're you're right. It is once you get to a certain barrelage, you have to go to the three tier system. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is though, but I know there is a point. But also, too, if you're making if you're making if you're, if you're if you're making that much beer, you can't be self distributing anyways. That'd be insane. Right. Yeah. You'd might as well just set up your own distributor, like Budweiser and Miller. We'll buy it. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, you what? You grabbing a Miller? No, no, no. I wanted to. Might this this porch drinking sort of have a stance on sort of that big beer, small beer? Craft beer versus big beer, or maybe just how everything's kind of marketed and and communicated, and how transparent things are or are hazy not. They are. How hazy they might be. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's that's a good question. It's when we get asked quite a bit. So we really do try to stick with breweries who have not been bought out. However, at the same time, you know there are some that you know we have a really good relationship with, but. Um, you just have to be careful with how you kind of cover that stuff. And we're very transparent, right? Um, I think it's very important to know when you are covering a brewery, you, you know, to kind of say who they are owned by, if that is part of the story or if that, you know, it come, not comes up, but it's definitely something you should be bringing up. You know, we will cover the big stories for Goose Island, but, you know, those big breweries, they have really great marketing firms and PR firms that can, I could probably do a story on Goose Island once a week if I wanted to, but there's just so much out there that we're not going to do that. Um, but you know, when, when Jared left Goose Island, we're going to cover that. We're going to cover the sure. new brewer when, uh, when Keith started, we, we'll cover the Bourbon County release because that's, that's crappier news. Sure. Um, but we are definitely cognizant of, of the industry and how people have definitely, um, been bought out. Do you think that we'll see, uh, bigger beer be more transparent or, <laughs> Do I mean maybe the truth is you know what was it massive beer reviews we were having this discussion with and essentially his point was the people that care will know and the people that don't care don't care yeah yeah well yeah. It's the same, I, honestly, the same I think, can be I think said that's, for that's cars probably it <laughs> you know what I mean thing can be said for like you know anything you know the whole buy America thing that was really big what five ten years ago there was a huge push to buy American buy American. You know, and you saw it all over the place, and companies were advertising all the time, buy American, buy American. People who cared did it. People who didn't bought a Honda. Like, you know, people that want to know, they'll know. You know, if you want to find out, you'll find out. Well, I If really, it doesn't matter to you, then you won't. I really felt like there should be more, you know, because, you know, AB InBev, AB InBev, I see marketing, some that's marketed like making, you know, craft beer drinkers look like snobs, and then other marketing where it's like, you know, some special moon recipe they pulled out of their ass that they've, you know, made a new beer for. <laughs> moon recipe. <laughs> and, you know, 
So for a, a while, I was on this kick that <laughs> it was from the like dust of Armstrong's boots when you walked on the moon. Yeah, I was like, can we just be a little more transparent? Because like, for for example, I took the the wife out to lunch today. I was working from home. We went out to lunch, talking to the guy that's there. He's like, well, we have Bud Light, we have Budweiser, we have Shock Top. You know, like he was naming everything that was on <laughs> tab. And I was like, that's all the same. Um, no but, Shock Top is craft. Come on. Yeah. Um, According but, to uh, Chili's restaurant, <laughs> yeah. you know, when we talked to one, our previous interview, I mean, it kind of blew my mind. Like, you know what? Maybe I'm beating the drum for nothing. Maybe all the people that give a shit already know, and all the people that don't just don't care. So I think I think that's definitely it. I think there are some people who won't who won't buy craft breweries that have been bought out. Respect them. I think there are people who don't care. Respect them. You know, drink what you want. But I think sure. we've seen. The line for Bourbon County still today, they're doing fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, that beer, you know, people are going to get that beer because they want it. And if you don't get it because you have your moral objection, hey, more power to you. Whatever your thought is, no one's wrong, no one's right. I know some people in the industry are have much stronger feelings because, you know, how stuff has changed in the industry. But I think from my point of view, it's do what you want to do and, you know, don't don't thumb your nose up at anybody who does the other the opposite of you. Yeah, what I what I think is funny too is I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find any brewer be, who's being honest that would say if they were approached with an enormous check <laughs> to sell their brewery, here's a bag of cash that they would say they wouldn't have to at least sit there and contemplate it for a little bit. You know, I mean, would you turn out a billion dollars? I would. Listen, I would like to meet the person. And again, it's all hypothetical, right? right. I can tell you would and you and you can say no but if i actually have a check for a billion dollars right. uh no i would not <laughs> really I, gonna I, say no I, would, I wouldn't turn down a million dollars so <laughs> it's a lot of things were yeah well I'm not it, sure it again cash for a check i but, want people yeah. to drink whatever they want to drink <laughs> i just i thought there was more of an appetite for sort of the um transparency and i'm just not so sure that's true anymore well but the thing is people so I, don't I, know yeah. people don't just just like you could you could point that out in almost any industry anymore like the health industry, the the health food industry, there's not there's no transparency there. True. I mean, one week you need to eat this way to be skinny, and then the next week you need to eat this way to be skinny, and then the next week if you eat this, you're going to get cancer. And I die. keep and drinking beer. I don't know why I'm not. Oh, yeah, look, look, at, look at milk. It does your body. One good. week milk's for you, bad for you. When next next week milk is good for you. Just stick to beer; it's fine. It's yeah. I, I think the one thing that I. The one thing that does annoy me is what was that the the Super Bowl commercial where Budweiser <laughs> made fun of like a tangerine pumpkin, you know IPA or whatever beer, but then they had a brewery that they owned made that exact beer. Uh, yep, That's yep. me. You gotta like guys, come on, like you're all one family here. You can't be making fun of people that you're. Right, they don't. They, that's, you know, that, you're in business that's, they play both sides. But there's yeah, that's big so beer big. pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. I guarantee Not everybody. You, yeah, yeah, that's stupid. That, those that don't know, they're I, so big. The marketing people they had no idea about that little that other brewery that they had that made that. <laughs> like, wait, what brewery? <laughs> but even if they did, did, what they use corn they syrup? Did, what? Still, <laughs> there's pl- there's millions of bud drinkers out there that wouldn't think twice about it. Oh yeah. Even if even if the marketing folks knew about NASCAR. that brewery that made that same beer. No, of course not. I mean, listen, your 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 bud drinker is going to drink bud no matter what happens. They're not going to drink Miller. They're not going to drink it. They're going to drink Bud for life. Same thing with the Miller people. You're not going to have some Miller person, you know, see that commercial and be like, hmm, corn syrup. I got to go switch to Bud. No, no. they're not doing that. It's, it's such no a way. brand loyalty no. thing. It, it, the it, guy that, it's so funny. 
the, the, I've got a, a local farmer here where I keep, uh, where I store um, what? some stuff over the winter. He, his trash can is always full of nothing but Budweiser. And I had, I was out there working on uh, my boat and I had some craft beer with me and he asked what it was and I told him what it was and he was like, gosh, I don't want that fucking shit. And <laughs> I don't want went flavor. back and cracked another Budweiser. He could care, he could care less right. about craft beer. Carolyn, I mean, doesn't matter. Commercials doesn't matter. Always going to That's what fun. that's what these craft beers are competing against. These yep. these companies have built such a brand loyalty to the Clydesdales. Yep. Yeah, but you got the younger generation coming up who don't drink beer. Don't drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Drinking, yeah, just drinking that's booze. <laughs> Speaking Hard of there. Speaking of that, what, what do you hard seltzer? Yeah. What What do you think about that? We've been asking everybody we talk to about this, um, whether in the industry or not or whatever. But yeah, my, and are we going to see a a increase of NA articles on <laughs> boys drinking? Because yeah. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, tough right now. I mean, I will say I, I went back to Miami actually for the first time in almost ten years uh, a couple months ago, and I was walking around on a. It was a Saturday morning there. I was up early because, you know, I'm not partying like they are. And there was white claw cans everywhere. Like, that's <laughs> all you saw was white claw. I mean, it's it's definitely making a push, right? I think they want something that's lighter, that's probably more refreshing, not as full-bodied, but still has the alcohol. And, I mean, that's hard seltzer. I, I've only had, like, one can in my entire life, and I thought it was fine. Went back to beer. But, you know, it's definitely going to make a make an impact in the market for sure. Who, who makes that? Do you know? Is it is White Claw the like brand? Is it them? I, or? Think, I think they're their, yeah. I think they're their own brand. Which um, one does I'm Boston Brewing now. own? Is that? Just, I mean, it would surprise it me. Boston Brewing owns one of them. I don't know if it, if it's White Claw. Uh, they have their own, I think, and that's the other thing. Um, there are breweries who are doing their own thing now, their own hard seltzer. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's a hundred calories. It's five percent alcohol, so it's more alcohol than a Bud Light, but it tastes lighter. It tastes it has better flavor for the people you know who want something fruity. Um, yeah, I mean it, it makes sense, right? That's what people do. Yeah, I mean I I would drink it if it wasn't if it's not owned if it's not a big beer, you know, produced brand. Yeah, I can't remember which one Boston Brewing has the one. They're one, they one of the first ones to get into that hard seltzer. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I would assume White Claw is its own thing. Yeah, White Claw actually White Claw is based in Chicago. I didn't even know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. Oh, huh. cool. Yeah. Have to go to their website and find that out. I may have to <laughs> pick some up and try it. I, I have not had one. Yeah, I mean, again, and, and you know, you look at hey, hey, you want a mango seltzer that has five percent alcohol? It's a, it's a great option for the for, for people. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it's also, it's something, it's something to drink while you're working, free, right? True, but also gluten free, right? If you can't drink beer, true. Yeah, hard cider is a great option. Yeah, I assume it's I assume it's gluten free. I I say that I I would assume it is. I yeah I would I I would almost be certain that it is. Yeah, I can't imagine what what are the ingredients. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. There's no. So yeah. Uh, Jakey, are you pouring something new again? He spilled. I'm basically pouring it on myself, Chad. Oh well, what are you pouring on yourself? Are you taking your clothes off? I I don't think I think it's mostly just in my lap. Adam. So um, this is... What are you pouring? 
Hold on a second. We're having issues. <laughs> White, technical difficulties. White Claw is owned <laughs> by Mark Anthony Brands. Mark Anthony? The, pol- the, the clothing t-shirt? No. Polo guy? <laughs> nope. Uh, Mark Anthony Brands, uh, North America's most diversified and successful private beverage company. So it's owned by a private huh. company. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Think, Mark Anthony Polo. We've had a lot of people... Or not. Is it Mark Anthony? Uh, who cares? Um, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I really cares? could care less. Uh, we have it. You know, people have been talking about the NA trend, non-alcohol or very low ABV. And you'll, we've seen uh, craft breweries. You know, Dogfish Head has a very low ABV, kind of competes with Miller Lite as far as calories, carbs, and you know, alcohol content. So and we even have to ask a couple of breweries about that, whether we'd see low ABV uh, or non-alcoholic coming as a trend. And even, uh, you know, Lakefront said that's, they're looking at it. They're looking into it um, as something that yeah. they, they may consider doing. Um, what, have, what do you, have you seen anything with that trend? I haven't seen any Chicago craft breweries putting out an NA beer yet. Mm, no, not yet. Um, but I think that is a place the market could potentially go. I don't think we've seen any kind of boom yet, but you think about this, you have the people who are drinking craft beer as they get older, they have families, they still want to drink beer, but they also can't afford to be hung over the next day. Right. That's where non-alcoholic and low ABV beer are, are going to play a role. And then they have to watch the kids while they drink. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you know, as long as they taste good, right. I mean, that seems like a stupid right. thing to say, but they have to taste good. It, it, it it has to be taste like beer, and if you you know they can get these non-alcoholic IPAs, taste like real IPAs. That's what people are going to go for because right. they want to feel good the next day, but they also want to be drinking beer. That's the thing, and it's it's what you know. I'm willing to give it a chance, but I want to see it from the craft side. Of course, I've had you know the old duels and the and the big beer, um, NA beers, and it's nothing to write home about. But I'd, I'd be very right. interested to see a craft beer. Uh, side of it, and I I found a Missouri craft brewery that does only NA beers, um, and I, mm-hmm. I I saw them on yeah, Benny's. Yeah, I saw them on Benny's website. I've yet to go into a Benny's and actually try to pick them up, but um, yeah, it'd just be interesting to see where it goes. You know what when what breweries we're going to see pop up with it. It'll be interesting to see and how they taste. Yeah, it 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 will get there in time. I think it's still. Probably a little ways away. I think you thought area the one of them is very well being brewing. Yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I've seen their cans before. They look great. I mean, they have a wheat. I'm looking at their ones right now. Um, you have a coffee cream stout, dark amber, golden wheat. I mean, these sound like normal beers. They look like normal beers, but if they're non alcoholic and they taste good, that's where people are going to start gravitating to it. Something now, obviously, there'll always be the normal beer market. Let's not say it's going to. Let's not like oh, no. over index here. Yeah, no, no. but. I mean, there's definitely going to be a trend, especially as the, you know, the craft beer drinkers who started five, ten years ago get older. Yeah. And everybody's saying it's the big push of the millennials. They're more health conscious. So they, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's NA beer or or booze. Give it some time. Right. Right. Millennials grow up a little bit. Exactly. (laughs) Grow up a little bit, get some fucking bills, and then tell me you don't want to come home and drink your ass off. Have a kid. <laughs> yeah, have a spouse, have a divorce, right. have a job, <laughs> have another divorce, have another. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Hey, what are you, who are you guys describing? 
Nobody. Hey, we are <laughs> drinking a perennial ales prodigal. So that's what we're having now. We're just crushing through. Uh, what kind of beer is it? Uh, Imperial oatmeal milk stout with mess and mm-hmm. fudge and rose malt character. Oh, Ooh, that's going to be... Uh, 11.5 Ebeva. Adam's favorite, lactose. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Forgot it was a milk. It's all right. Lo siento, chica. <laughs> Sometimes milk stouts, if they're done right, though, can this be absolutely amazing. This one is not horrible. So, I tried. Oh, yeah, you failed. I struck out. Right. It's okay. All right. I uh, Mike. Is There's somebody, a lamp. Somebody dedicated to the I, I uh, beer Instagram. Did Mike fall over? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm here. Just had to switch over my headphones. Yeah, the AirPods that can't last, man. Can't last. Yes, AirPods. I really can't. I don't know why. These are some of the first ones. I'm going to switch over here. Give me one second. Yeah, that's the thing. First gens don't last. All right. Can you guys hear me now? Yep. Yep. Same All thing right. happened. There you go. I, my wife and I both had the first gen, and right when the second gen came out, the first one's already lasted an hour. Mm. Head up, yeah, you know, I same yeah. thing happened to me. I wonder if that's uh, on purpose. Yep, there you go. Jake, you had a question, sir? Yeah, I was just wondering if somebody dedicated to, to this uh, beerstagram because I, I I was loving looking through these pictures. <laughs> I mean, people are really just killing it. I thought I was creative, like taking my photo, and no, nope, you're not. <laughs> nope, you're not. Is that is that? Is that one person that's just running that, or are you? Is somebody just, or is that all over Instagram grabbing it from? Well, I think they're grabbing from everywhere. But are you talking about my account specifically, or just beer Instagram in general? Just the um, on on porch drinking. On porch drinking, there was the the beer Instagram. I don't know. I was just going around the side, and it was one of my oh. one of my favorite I don't spots. run porch drinkings. I do my own. I have my own, which is just Chicago beer. Chicago beer. Well, um, I will start following yeah. that, sir. That's just me. And that actually, I mean, I started that one just to really kind of promote my articles at the time. Mm. I've had it for probably about three years now, and the handle was still available. That was kind of lucky. And it's just kind of blown up in its own little its own little side project of the side project. Nice. Well, then screw this beer cigarettes. I am following you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know you as somebody over. far as Port Strickland traffic? Where you guys are getting the most action these days? If it's Facebook or Twitter, or I mean, do you know where the we're we're real big on Facebook? Uh, we do have a pretty good following there, but I know our Twitter. We're we're really good with social media. We have some really great guys who run our social and do a really great job with it. So uh, Twitter and Facebook for sure. Instagram's coming up every day, but um, you know we have regional pages as well. So I run our Chicago Twitter and our Chicago Facebook, but you know we definitely. Obviously, if the world is full, going all social media, we're right there. Is there, you said Chicago, so is there, is Chicago specific porch drinking Twitter uh, mm-hmm. and Instagram? And okay. Yep. Yeah, so we have oh. our um, porch drink shy is our Twitter handle for Chicago porch. I'm confirming that. I never actually like tweeted myself. Um, yeah, porch drink shy is our. Is our Twitter handle? Then it's just Porch Drinking Chicago is our Facebook page. So, yeah, you know we we have our own page, and that's just because the Chicago market has become so big. Yeah. We needed a you know way to kind of do our own news and not bog down the the main feed. So, is there 
um, there's their porch drinking Denver, porch drinking LA, porch drinking Miami, New York. I mean, um, in the bigger cities, do. obviously. Is there? Yeah, so we have uh, the Southwest has their own. Um, DC has their own. And now I'm trying to think what are uh, some, some of our areas. Uh, Cincinnati has their own. Let's see. We have porch drinking, porch drinking DC, porch drinking Cincinnati, porch drinking South. So, so we have one, two, three, four, five porch drinking um, Twitter handles that I know of. So what does the Midwest cover for you? Like what, what area <clears throat> do you guys cover as far as porch drinking Midwest? Yeah, so we cover, I mean, we're Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Kentucky, Iowa, Missouri, Kansas City, Ohio. I think that's the extent of like what, you know, we're really focused on the Midwest. Yeah. Man, it's a lot of breweries. Yeah, it's a ton of breweries. I mean, again, I think when we started, it was very manageable and you know in chicago is blown up but then i mean there's some great brewery i mean michigan obviously right michigan, it's, it's yeah a ton of breweries iowa has new breweries popping up every day wisconsin has a really great scene indiana i think that's actually one thing that's probably not talked about enough but indianapolis has some really great breweries um in the city and around that don't get the attention they deserve and, um, you know, my wife is from Indianapolis, so I'm there all the time. But I'm just seeing new breweries all the time popping up there. Mike, can you recommend it? Because I go down there for business every once in a while. Yeah, so um, in, in downtown um, Black Acre. Okay. And I'm, let me show you got that name right. In Irvington. Um, that's a great one. That Yeah, Black Acre Brewing in, in Irvington. Um in Greenfield, where actually my, my mother-in-law lives, there's one brewery. It's called Wooden Bear. And I just found it one day when I just had to get out of the house. And um, it, it's great. We've all I mean, been it's there. really, it's right. It's really solid, really solid beer. And it's in a you know, small little town. I actually found it on Untapped. I don't know if you guys know, but like Untapped has the uh, fine breweries around me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you can, oh, just, yeah. you can just go there and it will find breweries you've never even heard of. And yeah. it's a nice little feature that I don't think gets talked about enough. Um, yeah, and of we course had, you have four fifty. We had uh, Greg right. o, Greg Avola on here from uh, the founder of Untapped. Um, right. Oh, a couple months back. Yeah, and he was telling us stuff about Untapped. We were like, "What? Yeah, what? Do, where? Where? <laughs> where, where how can we find this?" But, yeah. Like, they do. They that that app is is very very good. Does way yeah, more absolutely. than you think it does. Yeah, it's not just checking in things. Exactly. So fuck was that? yeah. Well, now to uh, to kind of close things up here because we are getting up on the oh in an hour. Uh, what would you say if you if you had to pick one? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Chicago brewery right now? That's, oh, you live in Chicago yeah. brewery. That makes it way easier. Well, he's in Chicago, so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, so favorite Chicago question, favorite yeah. Chicago brewery, and then favorite Chicago beer. Oof. Yeah, more specific. Uh, okay. So I actually was just talking with somebody. I just had, I was on a Twitter conversation about this. This, this answer changes probably weekly. Right. But right now, you, you call me a time where I'm saying Half Acre is, is probably my go-to. They just released a new year-round IPA called Bodum. That is fantastic. I have that in my fridge pretty much since it's been released. I'm drinking a lot of Half Acre. They're, uh, they're about more. Is, is, is it is it Bodum, like B-O-A-T? Apostrophe E M. Uh, 
B-O-D-E-M. So I hope oh, I pronounced oh. it right. But yeah, Bodem? Bodem? I thought it had something to do with boats. I'd have to go buy it. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. B-O-D-E-M. But uh, a solid, solid beer. And their breweries are great. You know, they have two locations out in Chicago. Um, so they're just, they're just, you know, crushing it right now. So I would say that's the brewery. In terms of a beer, man. Um, <laughs> you know, right now I just had a, a sour from Hopewell in Logan Square called neon that is an excellent beer so that's one that um had a couple times on draft already actually we'll get a bottle of it from the brewery but um neon from hopewell is one that i've been drinking lately that's really really good mike if you've had a busy week and uh maybe you're not feeling like a beer is there anything else you will uh you'll reach for maybe on a friday night after a long week you got a favorite drink uh, i like yeah i, I love whiskey uh, nice. big, big whiskey guy. Um, so I have some Centauri in there. I got Angel's Envy. Um, I have some Knob Creek, some small batch Knob Creek. Uh, so I definitely do some pours of that. Um, my wife likes wine. I like to drink wine with her. So we have wine. And then we always have LaCroix in the house. Just if you need something that's non-alcoholic. <laughs> that's <right. laughs> that's what I'm saying. You want to go non-alcoholic, have some damn water. <laughs> exactly. <Shit>. Yeah. Water <laughs> right there with too, you. I guess. We're all, that's always on tap at our house. Man, Angel's Envy. I, I had some of that in Phoenix uh, back in February, and I can't find it here. It, that, really? That's, yeah. I, I've looked everywhere on all the stores. Well, I haven't gone like into Milwaukee, but the, the local liquor stores in the small town that I live in, I haven't been able to find it. That's, that's good whiskey. Yeah. They've got it's all really kinds of different have... versions of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the, the rye is the rye is fantastic. We actually had my bachelor party in Louisville, and we did the Angel's Envy tour. Awesome. And fell fell in love with that place. Now, what would you say right now is a one, maybe very unheard of uh, Chicago area? It doesn't have to be the city, but it could be you know the burbs and everything. But a brewery that's out there that you think is up and coming, but you know is not just not, you know, not on everybody's radar. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, not on everyone's radar, up and coming. About time, Adam. You had a good question. Yeah, I try. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think um, and, you know, in the suburbs, you have you have quite a few breweries that people just don't really talk about. They don't know about it. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I would say, in in the city of da, in downtown Chicago, I think Dovetail makes fantastic German beers that people probably don't give enough attention to. They just started uh, canning their lager. It's fantastic. People know about it, but I don't think it gets the attention it deserves. I love that place. I'm trying to go there as often as I can. So Dovetail's great. And then in the suburbs, I mean, there's there's so many that people don't talk about in the suburbs just because we're so focused on um, on the city. One that I really, really like, I think it might technically be in, like, city proper, but is Buckle Down. And oh, they yeah, do... We've, um, had, um, we had a, we've had a couple of those. I've totally forgot yeah, about them. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So, so they have some good, good beer that no one's ever talking about, but they have their belts and suspenders IPA is is a really solid IPA. And they're in, oh, what's the name of the city they're in? Their, their address is not Chicago, so we can say they're outside Chicago. So <laughs> buckle down. They had that one, uh, where they are. They had that one stout with the elephant on it that we were liking, I believe. Yeah. Um, I the name of it. Shadowbox, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that's fine. No. Is it Shadowbox? Shit. I didn't look it up. I can't remember. Like if you had, Lyons, have you Lyons, had Illinois, Temperance from Evanston? Temperance? Yeah. 
sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I, I did the whole Evanston beer scene a few months ago, and we did Smiley Brothers, okay. Sketchbook, and yep. Temperance. And all three of those are great. Uh, Sketchbook's another one that people probably don't sketchbook. talk about too yeah. often. We drink that is making yeah. really good beer. Yeah, yeah I like try that. to, whenever we, there's a, a couple of the different craft beer places around here that will have Sketchbook in. Whenever I see something of theirs I haven't had. I mean, I've never been disappointed by them. Um, Maplewood, right? Maplewood? Oh, yeah. Son Maplewood, of, honestly, probably two, weeks, two, two weeks ago, I tell you, Maplewood is, it was my favorite brewery. Yeah. Um, they're, they're in the rotation for Son sure for juice. favorite brewery when Son someone asks me. Yeah. yeah, they got a lot. Yeah, what would what would be your favorite suburban brewery? Um, you know, I think microphone is fantastic. I just um, did. I'm doing a, a microphones. Um, smells like Bean Spirit Friday morning beer review this yeah. week. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, um, you know they're making solid, solid beer. Uh, Mike Palin is a great guy. He really. I mean, it, all brewers care about it. But when you talk to Mike, there's just there's something I hear in his voice that the dude is a super passionate. He's been all over brewing in Chicago and oh, they're um, his, village. You know, he, oh, What's yeah. up? Yeah, they're Elk Grove Grove Village. Village. I didn't, I didn't uh, know where Pretty close to O'Hare. Oh, nice. Yeah, pretty close to O'Hare. Um, Maybe we should get great them spot though, and yeah, hit him up. Yeah, we'll hit him up tomorrow. Mike, do you think there's a uh, there's a style of beer that's going to be the sort of the next trend? Next fad. Good question, Jay. Good question. Uh, yeah, you know, a couple of years ago I said sours would be the next big thing, and they that didn't really pan out to what I where I would hope. That like um, started, but then kind of fizzled. It did, yeah. The sour thing started, then just disappeared. Because people couldn't honestly, the it, it's hard to make them, and yeah. people tried and didn't work, so they just kind of cut back. And they're very difficult. It's hard to make, to make them properly. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Easy to make, but they taste like crap. Yeah. Um, but I, I think German beers are having their time, you know, again. I think people are kind of reverting back. It's almost like you're going vintage, right? You want lagers, you want Hefeweizens, you want Bach. And I think we're seeing a lot more of those. I'm seeing more Pilsners coming out now than I think I can remember. Yep. Yeah. And it's great because no one wants to line up for a Pilsner, but if you want to go get a really good Pilsner, more brewing in Villa Park has a fantastic Pilsner. Well, I think everybody's sick of their taste buds being assaulted by bitter IPAs. And now they're reverting back yeah. to, to different things because uh, it's all we've had for years is just IPA after IPA after IPA. And now people are trying to maybe going back to the classics, so to speak. So maybe. Classic, yeah. I mean, it's what beer is supposed to taste like, right? It's just a beer. Like when, when I see people trying to do a beer review for a lager, I'm like, good luck. Right. It tastes like beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This tastes like good luck. beer. I have not, I've, I've not done any loggers personally and i don't think we've done any on the show there's a lagger when we're doing beer reviews and I, and it's it's because all you're going to say is it tastes like beer and it's not, it not a like bad, a solid it's, beer not a bad right. thing it's either going to be a good beer or a bad beer but there's no yeah there's no depth to it it's just a, a lager it's just did you guys have lakefront lager when you were there their lager oh yeah i got it in the fridge oh, yeah. now yeah it was yep, good so do i yeah. um had their brute um also, Adam, you've been liking the brutes. I do. I'm afraid it's probably going to go away, but it is. It's not going to stick forever. But I do like the brutes. It's going down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Mike, have you, Mike, have you had uh, Central Waters uh, Crew Drive? It's a brute. Pilsner. Which one is it? Brute Pilsner. Yeah. Yes. We were we were actually up in Stevens Point in April. Nice. Yes. Um, we were we were sent up there to kind of do a story, and so I was at Central Waters. Um, had that one. I did. It was delicious. I, yeah. I'm hesitant of, of anything brute. I thought that was a really good beer. Obviously, their barrel aged stuff is 
excellent. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the Brute Pilsner, and then we were there. We were at Oso's. That was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to blanking on one more, one small one. But, yeah, no, we did the whole Stevens Point uh, craft beer scene. Yeah, we, nice. were, we were just up there this past Sunday. Yeah, I accidentally interview, interview uh, guys. stole one of their <laughs> glasses. Dick. I didn't, I I didn't know didn't you did that. I honestly didn't mean to. Bullshit. You, whatever. You walked out to the car and said, hey, I'm taking this. Come on. No, Where'd you hide that, Chad? I didn't I see you carrying anything. You guys said, Where did we're you? going. I'm like, right, you well, put I got that? a glass of beer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, uh, where uh, if you want to give out uh, personal... Social media, social, you see, no, where, like social, social. where, where personal, can people find you? Personal phone number, yeah. personal email address, you know, safe space. Yeah, so obviously active on social. Uh, Instagram's probably where I'm most active. That's my handle is Chicago Beer. Simple. Nice. Um, um, Twitter is my name, Mike Zoller, and but I'm also doing, I also run our Chicago Twitter, Porch Drink Shy. So probably the three easiest ways to get a hold of me if you want to stalk me or troll me on social. <laughs> Perfect. Troll them. Nice. Done. Well, man, thank you so much for joining us. We awesome. really appreciate the time, and uh, it's been cool having a conversation with you. Everybody should check out PortStrinking.com. It's really, really great website. And they give you how long it should take you to read, so if you don't read it in that time, you're just as bad <laughs> as Jake. So, yeah, I guarantee yeah, you'll read it faster every than article. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, guys, thanks for having me on. Great talking beer, and th- that definitely stay in touch. Cool. Thanks, Mike. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, Mike, uh, stick around afterwards for a few minutes. We're I'm the good. three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone can have. And we're always gonna hang out.